listeners. This is Carl, editor and producer of GatorCast. Thank you for joining us for part two of Financial Aid and Literacy with Amanda Smizer and Kirsten Weber. I'll let President Johnson take it from here. Another great topic to bring up for our listeners, Green River College Foundation has dozens and dozens of student scholarships. Some are based on need. Um, Some are scholarships geared towards students who are pursuing particular kinds of degrees or who are coming from different sorts of backgrounds. But so often, many students aren't familiar or aware of what scholarships are available. And then there are other scholarships that are given to students because of achievement. So for all of you out there, and you're looking for different kinds of resources in terms of how to finance your education, there are many venues for doing that. And one of them is through financial aid application, um, but others are through scholarship application. So speaking of ways in which we can finance, let's talk about all the different resources that we have at Green River to pay um, for college. So we've talked about financial aid options. We've talked about scholarship options. Am I missing anything? So there are a couple different things for our Running Start students. Basically, tuition is waived and they're just paying fees for their classes. so they, they're still high school students, right? Mm-hmm, yep, right. so they're taking classes um, here on campus and also still enrolled at their local high school. We also have our Workforce Education Office. Financial aid works um, really closely with workforce education because a lot of times if financial aid funding is going to take too long or a student isn't eligible for some reason, if they're pursuing a two-year career technical degree, a lot of times um, workforce education can come in and either fill in the gap while they're waiting for financial aid or fund their whole two-year degree because they aren't eligible for financial aid. Right, and I'll just insert your workforce education office is uh, located in Cedar Hall, and they are uh, they are an office that has grant monies. And as you were pointing out, for students who might be pursuing a career in technical education degree, there may be monies available to help support them in their programming. And this is especially true for some of our returning adult students, um, what we call non-traditional students. So for any of you out there that have, have left college and you were there, but you stopped out and you've been working, you've got families and other responsibilities and you haven't come back because um, you're not sure how you can do that with your time and finance. Or if you're a, an adult listener out there and you've never been to college and you realize that you need some kind of training or education to help stabilize you financially, the Workforce Education Office is definitely a place for you to reach out to, to uh, see what's available. So they have those grants. Great. Um, and the last thing I want to mention, too, is um, our Gator Jobs and Work Study Program. Um, So work-study is a part of financial aid. Um, So in addition to grants and loans and scholarships, you can also be basically awarded a job. And so what it is is you're allocated funds each quarter that you can earn through um, an on-campus part-time job. If you're looking for an on-campus job, whether you want to participate in work-study or you um, just want an on-campus job to, you know, be a part of the community, work while you go to school. Um, We have a new job search engine called Gator Jobs. Okay, and and where do you find that? 
There's a couple different links on our website. So we have a link to it on the financial aid page, but I also believe Career and Advising um, on their webpage has a link as well. Okay. And for those listeners out there that might not be directly connected to Green River College, if you're wondering why we talk about gators, um, Green River College has a mascot, and it's uh, an alligator. It's actually, and our alligator has a name. His name is Slater, and so he's Slater the gator. So we like to use gator a lot. So this is gator jobs, not to be confused with gator cast, which is what you're listening to right now. (laughs) And gator jobs is great because it's not just uh, federal work-study jobs. It's all jobs that are available on campus um, because a If you're trying to find a job on campus, you're going to find that there's a lot of different funding sources for how you get paid. Um, And so these jobs are all co-located in one place. And you can filter if you know, like, how you want to be funded. You can filter that way. Or you can just look at all the jobs. So they're all located in one place, meaning where? On the Gator Job Search Engine. On the Gator Job Search Engine. And I guess a lot of students might like to be working on campus because it's the easier way to be employed and go to school at the same time because you're doing it in the same place. And the nice thing about it, too, is your employer then is really flexible with your um, class schedule. Like, they understand your role as a student. They're very familiar with it. Um, so they're not, you're not going to be forced to work during class hours because they can't make you. And they're going to work with your class <laughs> schedule each you. quarter. Right. Do you have to be receiving financial aid to have a Gator job? No. So that's what's great about Gator Jobs is they have um, jobs for financial aid eligible students and jobs for non-work study eligible students. So if you just want to work like a part-time hourly job, um, those are all posted on there. And they also have um, postings from the surrounding Auburn community. Um, So local businesses are able to post their jobs listings on there. Oh, so you can also find some employment opportunities in our surrounding area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you don't want to work on campus, if you want to be off campus for working, uh, those job opportunities are posted on there as well. So it sounds like Gator Jobs is a great resource for students, whether on or off financial aid. Yeah, definitely. It's great for all students, any student who's just looking for some kind of um, employment while they're a student. And if you need help setting up your Gator Jobs account, um, we have two, I guess you'd say career advisors in the career and advising office. Amrit and Josh, and they can both help and you. And Amrit and Josh both are podcast guests. <laughs> Perfect. So um, I'm sure they'll mention. Episodes. I'm sure they'll mention Gator Jobs as well. But they can help you um, set up an account and get started if you have any questions about it. Excellent, excellent. There's another topic that I think we need to talk about when it comes to financial aid, and it centers around the fact that financial aid doesn't last forever. And that there are some things that students need to be aware of when it comes to receiving financial aid. So let's talk about financial aid eligibility. How, how many years can a student qualify for financial aid? Um, so basically, you're eligible for financial aid for 150% of your program's length. Okay, so let's let's translate that for people who don't work in a college world. Yeah, so in layman's terms, basically a typical 90-credit AA degree would okay, take that's you... that's a two-year degree. Yeah, two-year right. degree, take you about six quarters um, if you went full-time every right. quarter. So about two years, right? So th- we will give you three years to complete that, so 150% of the time frame. So you have three years of financial aid eligibility 
if you're working toward a two-year degree. Yes. Now, do you have to stay enrolled every term? No, not at all. So we just, we only count the terms that you are enrolled. And so, you know, we have students who maybe have taken 10 years to end their degree because there's been um, periods where they had to take time off school. Um, And that's fine. We only count the terms that you're actually attending. So would it be correct for me to say then that you are eligible for financial aid if you're seeking a two-year degree um, up to three years worth of being at school? Yes. Okay, so that could that could end up being five, six, seven, eight, or as you even said, 10 years mm-hmm. to complete. So this is an important thing to know. So there is a limit to the financial aid you can receive based on a degree that you're seeking in terms of the time length, but you can have it count in terms of the clock, right? Based on the time that you're enrolled at the college. Yep, and there's definitely, you know, if things happen and maybe you need to take a little extra time, um, we have petition processes in place. So if a student feels like they've been taking a while to complete their degree, we always encourage them to come talk with us, uh, meet with an advisor to make an academic plan. because we want to make sure that they can get financial aid for their whole degree and have that plan so they're going to be the most successful and have um, the majority at minimum of their education funded. Excellent. Now, are there other things that students need to know when they're receiving financial aid? Does it cover all kinds of classes the students want to take, or what happens if they don't pass a class or they have to withdraw from a class? Because that's a normal thing. happens to to most students at one time or another. They don't do well in a class or they have to withdraw from a course. Um, Or they like to take all sorts of different kinds of classes because they're exploring all sorts of possibilities. So are there any rules or things that we could share with students today to help them know if there's anything else they need to be aware of if they're receiving financial aid? So unfortunately, financial aid can only pay for classes that count towards your degree of study. So each quarter, financial aid will go through and check a student's schedule and make sure um, that based on degree audit, the students the classes are taking count for that degree. Okay, let me pause. <laughs> Again, because as, as listeners, you know, we're getting this, but I'm not sure whether everybody would understand this. So if you say, for example, you want to study engineering, they're going to be looking to financial aid officers will be making sure that the courses you're taking fit to that degree that you say you're you're planning to study. And so financial aid will pay for all courses related to that degree. And that means electives, right, and also the required mm-hmm. classes, yep. but for that degree. But it would also mean if you're an exploratory student, because we have lots of exploratory students here, right? They haven't decided what they're going to study, and they might not until they go on to their transfer institution, right, where they go next. Um, How does then that work if you're an exploratory student? You don't have a degree or an area of study yet. So every student will have a degree listed in registration that they are pursuing. Um, Oftentimes, if a student wants to maybe explore classes or take a more general degree, 
We'll encourage them to meet with an advisor in the academic and advising office and discuss which classes they're really kind of wanting to take. And the advisor can then point them in the direction of which degree those classes fall under. So then they're still getting to explore the different options, but then also have financial aid pay for it because it, they those classes do count for their degree of study. Yeah. Excellent. So it's probably um, an AA in a DTA. Yes, right? usually so that's right what the, it ends up being. So that means an associate of arts degree, which is a two-year degree, direct transfer articulation, which is another way of saying you're taking lots of classes across different areas. We call it general education, um, which are a lot of the electives that you would potentially need for whatever the major ends up being, whether you have one here or someplace else. Are there any other sort of pieces of advice or cautions that you want to share with students today? Yeah, so the other thing with financial aid is um, part of your agreement when you are receiving financial aid is that you are going to meet the requirements of our academic progress policy. Um, okay, now what does that mean, <laughs> academic I know. progress? Big, scary word. But basically what that is is that is the guidelines for passing your classes that you need to meet in order to keep receiving financial aid. So I'm thinking that there's two things connected to that. One is your average, your grade average, probably needs to be a 2.0 or higher. Yep, that is correct. And that means a C average or better. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's another part to that, isn't there, in terms of how many credits you've taken and how many you succeed in? Yep, so it's basically um, the two parts are having that cumulative 2.0 GPA for the quarter. Your average and completing all the classes you attempt. So all of them, except that sometimes you might have a withdraw or a not pass, a fail grade. Is that a problem? So it can be a problem depending on the situation. So for example, say a student starts the course and starts the quarter in 15 credits, and then about midway through the quarter, they're really struggling in math. Um, and decide that they need to drop the math class. Okay. So they withdraw from one of the their three classes. Um, at the end of the quarter, what's going to happen is, um, for financial aid purposes, we're going to see that they only completed 10 of 15 credits. And that's going to be what's called a financial aid warning. Um, so it's just a warning. Uh, you still get funding going forward, but it's kind of just a notice to the student like, hey, we saw you dropped a class. Next quarter, you want to make sure you complete all your attempted credits and get that 2.0 GPA. This brings up a really important issue that I think students need to listen carefully to. A lot of times when you're in coursework, you may have a course that you realize um, isn't going to be successful for you for whatever the, the, the reasons might be. Um, you might need some additional tutoring. You might need to take a prior course to be better prepared for that course. Or life is challenging, right? And you're taking a heavy, heavy challenging load in courses, and it's a lot to handle in one term. Um, and so you're contemplating withdrawing from a course or withdrawing from a course to avoid a failing grade. That's always an option. However, I want to caution all of you out there, listeners, to please go and discuss that with a financial aid advisor in our financial aid office before you do that to understand what the consequence of that will be. It might be completely fine and that you just understand, as Amanda was just explaining to you, 
how you need to perform the next term. But sometimes it can create troubles that you were not necessarily anticipating. And sometimes it's better to find ways to work with your class instructor in terms of having a successful completion of that class, even if it might not be the highest grade that you were hoping for, um, so that you can keep in good standing in terms of your credits attempted and completed. Now, I know that we're in some detail here, but this becomes really, really important. Coursework and financial aid are connected, and so it's always good before dropping a class to consult with a financial aid advisor if you're receiving financial aid before doing that. Having a conversation with your class uh, instructor, um, our faculty are wonderful, and they will want to support and assist what's what decision is best for you. At the same time, they're not financial aid advisors. That's why we have different people on our campuses. So it's good to speak with your instructor, and it's also good to speak with your financial aid advisors um, to get a full picture of what the consequences are. Yeah, and that's definitely the best advice that really anyone could ever give. It's if students come in and talk to us, because sometimes if you're dropping your class today, it can make a difference whether you dropped it today or tomorrow. Um, And we're here so we can tell you that and we can give you the full picture and and let you know exactly, okay, if you do that, then this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is where you're going to be at next quarter. A lot of times um, a big one is whether a student is taking a class, wants to take it um, pass fail or Mm -hmm. credit no credit. And that one can really impact financial aid. So if a student comes in and talks to us, we can really give you all the different options and let you know what the consequences are going to be of each option. And all of those options are are completely reasonable and can happen on occasion within seeking a degree. It's just a matter of knowing what what the consequences are. So uh, even though we're using that word consequence, it doesn't always necessarily mean it's a negative or it's a problem. It's just being best informed. Yeah, and then that way, too, if you're going to owe back money for some reason, then you know ahead of time that you have this bill coming up, which goes into all the financial literacy information we were talking about earlier and making a budget, then you can budget for that expense you know that's coming up. Excellent. So what other resources should we send our students too. We've got lots of information happening in this episode in terms of the offices, where to go, all the options they have available to them in terms of Benefits Hub and scholarships and financial aid options. What other kinds of resources might we have? So um, on the topic of financial literacy, uh, Green River actually purchased a new financial literacy software um, called iGrad Online. IGRAD, I-G-R-A-D. Mm-hmm. Where do you find that? So if you go to the financial aid website on Green River's main website, greenriver.edu, we have an actual uh, financial literacy section, and it'll have the link front and center uh, that'll take you Called to... Called IGRAD. Mm-hmm. Yep. So tell, tell us more about that. What is that? So it kind of goes back to um, all the different tools and budgeting tips that Kirsten was talking about, but iGrad has designed a lot of financial literacy courses, is what they call them. Courses in quotations. <laughs> little, little tutorials, little modules that they're students all, can go through. They're all different. Yeah, some of them are tutorials, modules, but they cover a wide range of topics um, ranging from student loans to um, how to purchase a house, how to manage um, credit card debt. Basically, just any sort of topic or question you would have about your finances, they have little modules or help guides or just information about that for you to go through and just learn. 
Wow. Do you have to be a Green River College student to do that? I mean, can staff and faculty take a, take advantage of that option? Yeah, definitely. Anybody um, on Green River can do that. I have an account myself. I've gone through a few of the courses and actually learned a few things. Um, and since it's such a wide range of topics, staff and faculty will probably find it just as beneficial as students. Absolutely. So, yeah, oh, this is really great. So this iGrad offers some online courses, you know, we're not talking about 10-week courses, but courses and educational segments that you can read about, answer questions, and and learn from in this iGrad program. Yep, and it's just, it's a great resource. It's completely free, Um, so you can get, you know, help and tools that normally you would have to pay for to kind of get this quality of information, but Green River has purchased it for you, and it's yours to use free of charge. That is fantastic. Okay, so it's on our financial aid website at the Green River webpage, and we just link right through, and it's going to be very prominent to see it there. Yep, and as soon as you click the link, it'll prompt you to make your account, and as soon as you make your account, you will be in. All right, and as a reminder to our listeners, at the end of this episode, we'll be posting a variety of different resources uh, linked to this episode at greenriver.edu forward slash GatorCast, and we'll have those links for you there listed as well. So it sounds to me like there's a thousand good reasons, maybe it's a thousand and one good reasons for every one of the listeners out there who are currently students, whether you're receiving financial aid or not, if you're wondering about how to manage your money, how to effectively um, get through college with either no debt or a low level of debt, that there are people here on our campus waiting to help you and assist you every day that this college is open. And Kirsten, down in our advising and career office, first floor of our student affairs building, and Amanda, who's up in financial aid, they're just one of many people that are here waiting to assist, whether it's financial literacy and budgeting for your financial independence, or whether it's helping find ways to finance your education through financial aid, grants, and other scholarship opportunities. So before we close today, we like to end episodes where um, there's a call to action. And I think I just kind of threw one out there, which is come find our offices, call our offices, reach out to Kirsten, Amanda, their colleagues in their offices, ask the questions, try not to feel self-conscious. If you have a question, there are many other students that have the same question. This is normal. And this is why you're in college, to figure it all out. And that's why we have people in these offices to help people find their way. But what are the kinds of last pieces of advice today on this episode of Financial Aid 101, Financial Literacy, would you have for our listeners? And what other kinds of calls to action might you want to ask our students to take? I'll start. So with financial aid, um, if you are currently receiving financial aid or if you're um, thinking about getting financial aid in the future, you're going to be a student next year. Right now, the new FAFSA and WASFA applications are open. Those are application forms that you have to fill out for either financial aid from the state, that's the WAFSA, or from our federal government, the FAFSA. Yep. And those applications are the first step in starting the financial aid process. So if you are on financial aid right now and you haven't done your new application for next school year, so next fall quarter, that application is open now and our priority deadline for that is March 1st, which will be here before you know it. March 1st, everybody, (laughs) for next academic year. 
meaning fall 2019 through spring of 2020. March 1st is the deadline. And I would just say, please, please, please do your application as soon as possible because we hate it when students are all set to start in the fall, but then they find out they haven't completed the financial aid process and it just derails everything. So planning is everything. It's one of those situations where you can't just necessarily pop into the office and get it done in an hour. It's likely that the student needs to come have an appointment and it might take them a few days to get the information that they need to complete these applications. Is that true? That is correct. Um, We do every day from 2 to 3 p.m. We have a drop-in FAFSA WASFA application help hour. Every day from 2 to 3, drop-in help hour for how to do WAFSA and FAFSA. Yep, so we can at least get you started, um, get you going on the applications, um, help you if you're stuck at one spot. So if you want to drop in for that, we definitely would love to have you. But it is also something you can do um, on your own at home. Excellent. And other calls to action or advice? Uh, Another one would be come and visit the Benefits Hub and um, see Savannah and Thomas who are there who can help you out with so many different areas. So that would be good to come and visit them too. Excellent. And Savannah and Thomas both work in our Benefits Hub, which is connected, co-located with our Career and Advising Center in Student Affairs, as is the Financial Aid Office. Well, Kirsten and Amanda, thank you for being here today. I want you all to know, listeners out there, that we have a number of additional resources available for this episode, and you can find them at greenriver.edu forward slash GatorCast, where you'll find additional resources listed for this episode today. That's also where you can subscribe to the podcast at Green River College. And again, that's greenriver.edu forward slash GatorCast. You'll find additional resources linked to this episode entitled Financial Aid 101 and Financial Literacy. I want to thank you all for listening today. This was Suzanne Johnson. You all have a great Gator Day. Gator Day.